Are you ready for the word? Yeah. Amen. The Bible clearly tells us of a blessing in this world and a curse. And I, again, am going to say this. I am going to try, or literally, I am going to, in spiritual authority as a pastor, convince you tithing is a valuable key in creating prosperity. Tithing cures an awful curse that has devastated so many homes. Why would we want to argue with this principle of tithing when it does all what it does? So let's read the scripture that we read last time. And this also is a scripture that many people refute and argue with and talk about. And we're going to dive into this. I'm going to take you on a deeper journey. And I won't be finished this week. You know, someone told me, said, man, pastor, don't announce you're going to be talking about tithing because they might not show up. Well, I want to tell you, show up because it's going to change your life. Malachi 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord... I do not change. We've understood God does not change. So whoever God was, is today. He does not change. Whatever principle God had in yesteryear, his principle is the same way today. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob or Israel. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. We learned ordinances are ordinary lifestyle or ordinary action or ordinary process of life from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. Notice he used the terminology return to me, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And I say, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, we have already learned in this series is that that God has delivered us from the curse. We're going to go deeper into that. God has delivered us. We've seen the work of the cross, all these things. And many people are confused regarding the truth Uh, of these doctrinal issues regarding the cross, and we're going to just dive into this and help you with this regarding a lifestyle that gives. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. We'll find what that is in a little bit. That there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Test me, because I will test you, we find out later in Scripture. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. By the way, by the way, faithful tithers, the windows of heaven don't close on you. It's 24-7. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. See, I don't have a vine. I don't have any fields. Bottom line, everything that you do 
is affected by your giving lifestyle, is affected by whether you tithe or not. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So in other words, you will begin to walk as a blessed person. People will recognize you as someone who is blessed. They will want what you have. See, what happened today, this morning, is, is we began to worship and honor, and the words of, of the worship songs proclaim the glory of God and who he is, and he is God, and he's going to take care of us and all these things, and it drew people to know Jesus. People literally ran down to the front here this morning, both services, to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That's the God that we're talking about that never changes. So we found regarding our giving, returning, tithing is a test, and it is a test of our hearts. Wherever we put our treasure is where our heart is. Now, God is testing our hearts regarding the tithe. Last week, remember the number 10, or the 10th part of something, represents testing throughout Scripture. Remember all the scriptures that I took you to? Every time you turned around, it was 10 that came up regarding testing. Every time you get paid, you're tested to see what you will do. And here is the test. Is God right in your heart? Is God first in your heart? See, I am teaching you and trying to convince you that even the attitude of the heart regarding giving and returning your tithe is very important how you do it. It's not a religious thing. It is something that Scripture shows you. Matter of fact, I'm going to talk to you about some personal things with Terry and I regarding our giving and what we do and why we do it. And where I found in Scripture a story that caused me to see something that I never, ever, ever wanted God to think that my heart was not fully in love with Him and desirous of doing His will. And so in an area of my giving, I do that when I say I, Terry and I, that when we do this, we do this because we're always saying to the Lord, you're number one and you're first. So we found that in tithe, it's not just the tenth part, it's the first. It's the first part that you give. You don't return the tenth part of, of, the, of the 100%, you return the first tenth, the first check you write, the first thing like a bill you pay. You don't pay any bills until you write your tithe check out because God's number one. God's first. You say, Pastor, why are you being so particular about that? Because the Bible is. God never, ever wants to be second. And the test that we have, that I have in my life, every time I'm blessed, whatever it is, is always, is God number one? Where does my mind go to? Where does my heart go to when I'm blessed? It must go to, this part is yours. Thank you, Lord, you bless the other 90%. 
And I want to tell you, we've learned already in this series that God says, I will bless you that there will not be room enough to contain it. And almost every one of you in here just said, yeah, right. Really? God's, I know God said that, but that's not for me. Yes, it is. And see, that's where in my life, I want to walk in that. That's not, I'm not talking about like the world talks, rich people and poor people. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about I want to live a lifestyle of giving that I cannot even contain the blessings that I have because of my heart of giving. And from there, then I get to give more. I get to bless more. So again, every time you get paid, you're tested to see what you will do. This is Malachi 3 in a nutshell. If I tithe, I am blessed. And if I don't tithe, I'm cursed. It's simple. You know, I don't like the word cursed either. But it's in the Bible. You can be a Christian and come under curses. No, you can't. See, there's a lot of teaching out there that, that says, once you become born again, nothing can come against you. Well, that is true. Now watch the wording I say to you, and we're going to cover this. That's true if you appropriate in faith God's principles. That's where I'm trying to convince you about tithing and giving. Some people teach once you become a Christian, you cannot be cursed. You know what they're saying <laughs> is this. I can say anything I want to. I can live any way I want to or act any way I see fit. And I will never face any consequences. Really? Well, let me read you a scripture. It's not in your notes. Five minutes before the first service, the Lord said, read this to the congregation. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 11 through 17, write it in your notes. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Speaking of God's principles, God's rules, God's laws, God's justice, God's mercy, God's righteousness. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, Precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. Notice what it de describes the sixth there. Each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed or tested by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. The kind of work it's talking about is whether you are in fellowship with God by walking according to his principles and ordinances or you are out of fellowship of God by walking in sin and or not in his principles. All right? So it will test, fire will test. Well, let's read again the six things described here. Gold, silver, Precious stones. What happens with fire? It refines it, doesn't it? Look at the last three. Wood, hay, and straw. What happens with fire? 
burns up, doesn't it? It's talking about works. It's talking about giving. It's talking about our hearts. It's talking about what we do. It's talking about what's in us as we are living our life, living the principles and, and the doctrines of God. If anyone, verse 14, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. There it is. Now, this is talking about end times. The Bema seat, if you were here on Wednesday night, we taught on that. The Bema seat, what is the Bema seat? It is, it is the reward seat, or it's called the judgment seat, all right? And so when people read that, they think, oh, I'm going to be judged. Well, you've already been judged through Christ. And so when you go to the Bema seat, it is a reward seat. It is a word that is used for the literal reward uh, seat where Olympic Games would go and receive their rewards. So what you will receive at that time when we are literally taken up with Christ, you'll go to the Bema seat, you'll receive your rewards because where your rewards come from is because when you were giving, when you were doing things, you were doing it with the right heart, you were doing it with, without sin, and you were in fellowship with God, and that is gold, silver, and precious stones. And when we're not walking in God's principles, what it is described as wood, hay, and stubble, wood, hay, and straw. And so it is burned up. Now, now follow the thought here, all right? If anyone's work, verse 14, which he has built on an endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. In other words, not tithing is not going to send you to hell. People have taught that in church. I disagree with that. That's no, no, no. You're, you're going to heaven because you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, not because you do good works. You do good works because you become saved and your life is changed. You become one who's a giver. So but why I'm bringing this out is because there's so much deception right here. You know, it's like, it's like a witch or something going <laughs> like that. You know, there's so much deception right there. Follow me with this because there's those little things that are told to you, little what I call wood nuggets that are not true. That if you understand the truth, it will be burned up and you'll begin to walk in the heart of God and you'll begin to see the blessings and the windows of heaven opened up and you're going to begin to see things change that you've been waiting for for 20, 30, 40 years, some of you. Or some of you young people, maybe three months that you just received Christ. Those that receive Christ this service, you're just starting. Isn't it great? Now you're going to be able to start right on the perfect setup to walk in God's righteousness. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when I'm talking about a lifestyle of giving, when I'm talking about tithing and the principles of God, I'm literally talking about that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in my spirit. 
And if I'm not walking in the principles of God, I'm bringing destruction to this temple. Wow. Hmm. So when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you will go to heaven by grace. But how you live on this earth affects your life and your family on this earth. And as we read, your rewards in heaven. Living this lifestyle, the heart of giving, affects everything in your life. So let's dig down to some real biblical truth. Let's break out of the deception of the world and even the deception of religious circles. Let's break through and find out the heart of God. It is truth that Jesus bore the curse on the cross. Amen? Now what Scripture says? I agree with that. That's what Scripture says. Does it mean I can't be cursed? Well, let me ask you a question and beginning to answer some things here. Did Jesus bear sickness on the cross? Yes, he did. What's the Bible say about taking stripes on his back? All right. He did. Matthew 8, 17 says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Well, let me give you another question. Have you ever been sick since you got saved? Sure you have. Well, how could that be? Jesus bore sickness. What's wrong with God? There's nothing wrong with God. What do you have to do if you're a Christian and you get sick? Here's the answer. We hear it from Pastor Dan all the time in Ignition Point. To receive healing from sickness, you have to appropriate by faith what Jesus already did. You have to take the word and appropriate that, believe it, and act on it. Well, here's another question. Did Jesus bear sin on the cross? Did he bear our sin on the cross? Well, of course the answer is yes. Well, here's another question. Since you believed and got saved, have you sinned? And if you tell me no, you just sinned. <laughs> sure you have. How could that be if Jesus bore sin on the cross? Sin is eradicated from your life. Church, we live in a fallen world, but what do we do when we sin? The answer is, same thing. We appropriate by faith what Jesus did on the cross for us. 1 John 1.9. Did you know that 1 John 1.9, there are a lot of people, even books written, that people have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to print them? In that book, they will say 1 John 1.9. They'll use it to the unbeliever to get saved. 1 John 1.9 is not written to the unbeliever. 1 John 1.9 is written to the believer. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So here's what we need to see. There is a method to my madness here. Did Jesus bear curses on the cross? Yes, the answer is yes, Jesus bore curses on the cross. But if we, let's say, but if you, make it personal, 
making a person do not apply God's word and its principles, which is violating God's principles, your family could be under a curse. You could be under a curse. Tithing is not only a test of our hearts. The second thing I want you to see is tithing is biblical and it's in the Bible. I have come to the conclusion in over 40 years of being born again, this December will be 40 years of ministry. Many people who don't tithe don't believe it's biblical. They're not wanting to do walk outside of God's principles. They just have listened to the deception of the world and the deception of the enemy. Again, as we said last week, if you were Satan, and you're not, amen, if you were Satan, you wouldn't want people to tithe, would you? You wouldn't want people to have the heart of giving, would you? Because it opened up the windows of heaven and they would walk in the blessings of the Lord. He hates you. The Bible says, John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy you. But Jesus came to give you life. How do you get that life? By walking in the principles of God. Many believe there is only one verse in the Bible that speaks of tithing, and that's the one in Malachi. Well, let's go again. I, I spent time last week. I'm going to spend time this week, and I'm going to spend time next week reading you Scripture in the Bible. It's all through the Bible. Genesis 14, 18 through 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abraham, gave him a tithe of all. This is 500 years approximately before the law. Abraham, who represents our spiritual father, as we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, tithed to Melchizedek, who represents Jesus, 500 years before the law. I believe that he represents Jesus. 500 years before the law. Now again, you'll find, uh, you can Google it, and you'll have a bunch of people, why you don't tithe, and they'll come and argue against all these different scriptures, trying to deceive you in the reality regarding giving. Genesis 28, verse 22. This is Jacob, or Israel. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. This is 400 years before the law. People argue, well, you know, it was in the law, and now because we're, you know, the law has been fulfilled, we don't do this. This is in the law because it's a principle of God. It was before the law and after the law because why? It's a principle of God of tithe. Our spiritual forefathers tithe because it is a principle of God. And the principle is the tithe, and the tithe belongs to God. Leviticus 27.30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Now again, the principle of God, it is God's and it is holy. Now, I want you now to begin. Here we are. We're, we're digging deeper in this. I want you now to begin to see 
The tithe, yes, it's a test. It is biblical, but it's holy. It's holy to God. Let me tell you, if God says it's holy and I say it's not, who are you going to believe? You better believe God because I can't open the windows of heaven for you. So we have to recognize the principle is the tithe belongs to God and it is holy. Deuteronomy 26 Verse 1 and 2, reading about the first fruits again. Watch this. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground. There again, the first fruit, which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Now, when I read this uh, last week, just kind of going over what I was going to teach you, the Holy Spirit just said something to me that I thought was funny. You know, did you know the Holy Spirit loves to laugh? Okay, and he's pretty funny. And he said, by the way, Gary, your man cave, where I do a lot of studying and praying, is not the place that God chooses. Okay, now follow me. Notice you take your tithe with you to a place of worship. Well, I worship up there where his name abides or his presence. Let's read on, verse 12. Verse 13. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. In other words, brought it to the storehouse and from there ministry took place. I have not transgressed your commandments nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning nor, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down, verse 15, from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. You see, he's talking about the place that he chooses. And back then it was a tabernacle. Back then it was with the priests. And today it's the church. When you bring your tithe and put it in the place of God's presence of church, you then say, I have removed the holy tithe from my house and I brought it to your house, holy God. You didn't go out and eat. You didn't pay the Christian school tuition first. I didn't send it to a Christian television ministry. And let me tell you, there are great ones. You give to them. We need to give to other ministries. I didn't send it to a missionary either. I brought it to your house. The tithe goes to the storehouse, and you give above and beyond the tithe where God leads you. But let's back up for a moment. We're reading Scripture, and it talks about a holy God, talks about the holy place, 
talks about where God's presence is, where he chooses. He's a holy God and the holy tithe. Your tithe is holy. Now, I am going to say something to you. Don't you dare make it religious. Don't you dare make it works. But I want you to hear the heart in the principle of God. Your tithe is holy. You need to look at it. You need to see it. You need to uh, care for it as holy. It is God's. You don't give your tithe, you return your tithe. That's why I said, why do you rob? You give the first fruits, the offering, and the tithe. He's working in the realm of the principle that God says, this is holy. A while ago, um, I read some scripture, but also I experienced it and didn't understand it as well. A gentleman, his, his name is Dr. Mason Hughes. He lives in, in uh, North Carolina. Uh, he actually had the privilege of being his pastor in, in Concord, North Carolina. Dr. Mason Hughes was one of our first main missionaries of the Foursquare organization. And in, in the, the 50s, I believe it was, I could be wrong, I know I'm on tape here, but uh, bottom line, I don't know the exact dates, used to. Um, he and his wife went to where there were headhunters, all kinds of things. Um, they, would, they built their house and said, here's where we're going to minister. From there, thousands and thousands and thousands of churches have come up because of his ministry. Here's what I want to tell you about him. He used to mail his tithe in wherever he was. When I was his pastor, there would be two or three weeks he'd travel to other nations and he would minister because he was a spiritual father of nations because of the missionary, how the, what God did through he and his beautiful wife. He's in his 90s. His wife passed away a few years ago and um, amazing man. But he would mail in his tithe when he was... He was out of town and or give it to his kids. And on the day of his social security, he would have his kids drop the tithe off to me. And as I talked to him, he said, he said, Pastor, because my tithe is holy. He used that term, my tithe. I think if he would have used the term, because God's tithe is holy, because this is God's. He said, this is holy. He says, I protect it more than I protect the 90%. Because I know if I protect the 10% that is God's, that I give it to him first, that my heart is correct in that, that I'm a cheerful returner of the tithe, that I do everything in that area. He says, what happens with me he says, I know that the other 90% is blessed. And I live a life of heaven's windows open. Okay? And now, I, I listen to that, but I'm like many people. I said, cool. 
but I really didn't get it. And in a few moments, I'm going to read you uh, a scripture, and I'm going to show you um, where my wife and I made some decisions in our giving and who we are. So let's go back here. The tithe goes to the storehouse, and you give above and beyond the tithe where God leads you. God chose the church to make his name abide, and that is God's principle. So the first portion goes to God and is not designated but returned. If you designate your tithe, this is the tithe, you designate it, you're not your heart, you're not following the correct principle and the heart of the principle. You are returning. It's like if you were ill and your neighbor baked you a pie, brought you over the pie, after the pie was eaten, usually because you're ill, you're not eating anything, your family eats it, and then they clean it, what's the first thing that you think about is to take the pie pan back to your neighbor. Why? Because it's theirs. And that is the heart of the way we need to, when I get paid, the first check I write, the first thing that I do, the first 10%, it's not mine. I'm returning it to God. And watch this. I protect my lifestyle, giving lifestyle, that I do that first. No matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, how busy I am, I make sure that it's first. And again, don't make this religious. Well, it's not tied because you don't think the way Pastor Gary said. Don't make it religious. Make it a principle and a lifestyle and a heart frame of the way you're giving. Are you there with me? Okay. You know why? Because I want the windows of heaven opened. Big time. There is a story in the Bible, and here's what I want to show you. A farmer gave his land to the priest, but then later on he had the ability to buy it back. But Scripture said if you buy it back from the priest, 20% of it is to go to the priest or the tabernacle. Pretty good business dealing there, huh? But what the principle of that is, is not that the church is, is stealing from the person. The principle is the heart. Watch this. I don't want my ministry or my call, Terry is included, to be mine. I want it to be God's. I want it to be holy. So I give out of ministry. I get a salary out of ministry. I will go and speak places and, and get, and they'll write checks at times or gift cards or just a thank you. Doesn't matter. I don't charge. So I give, Terry and I give 20%. So it's God's. So here's what we do. We tie 10%. People say, well, I tied 90%. No, you don't. You tied 10% and you give 80%. Because tithe is a tenth. I'm, I'm being really particular here, church, and I'm really, this is, this is where I'm at right now. 
with the body of Christ and what I do with a lot of leaders, a lot of pastors, the leaders we're helping in Africa and all that. I'm being very particular because what I want you to understand, I am so focused of convincing you that wherever you're at, whatever problems you're facing in life, it can be fixed because you grab a hold of this truth. But pastor, I'm already a tither. I'm convinced when I show you that your tithe is holy. And then when you do this and you protect it, I want to tell you, when I'm giving, returning my tithe, man, I, I protect it. I make sure. I got my eyes on it. It is holy. It is God's. I'm protecting what's God's. I'd give a flip nickel about the 90%. And I'm being very straight with you. I get to the place in my life that that 10% is God's. It's holy. And you, have, you are testing me. And you are asking me, am I first? And I'm saying, yeah, you're first. Because here it is. Whatever's going on here, you know, the bank needs this and, 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 you know, the water bill needs this or whatever. Who cares? Number one, numero uno. And I make sure it's done. And when it's returned, then I look at the other 90% and I say, you're going to cover everything. How many of you know when, when a curse is manifesting, when there's a tax, that your brain goes, a, you know, 100 miles an hour, goes all over the place? See, I walk in peace. Tax of the enemy. You know, we, I had a season where it's close to $3,500, $4,000 worth of tires. Someone didn't like me and kept slicing or putting nails in my tires. Started doing that with Pastor Dan. Started doing that with Pastor Nolan. But with me, it was over 4, 000, close to $4,000. And I kept saying, Lord, bless that person. I kept praying that. Finally, I got to the place, dummy, speaking to myself, I'm not saying that to you. Dummy, rebuke the devourer. So I put that in there, and I just said, okay, dude, Mm -mm. no more. And to show you how great God is, I haven't experienced that in a while, that someone has put nails in my tire. But when I had to just replace tires because they were wore out on my car, I went to a place, and now they have a lifetime warranty on my tires. Now, because it's the, the BMW, the tires were the kind you couldn't change over and you couldn't fix. So if a nail went in, I had to replace, if it had a thousand miles on it, I had to replace the whole tire. And now if that happens, yeah, it's taken care of. But I'm now protected, devourer. And also, even if, if he sneaks in or whatever, it's paid for anyways. And again, I'll say to myself, dummy, why didn't you find that earlier? 
But see, the reality is, is we got to get to a place in our life that we understand God's number one. The first portion goes to God, and it is not designated but returned. And in this story, this farmer gave 20% to buy it back. It's found in Leviticus 27, verse 13. All through Scripture, the 10% goes to the Lord's house. Matthew 23, 23. This is uh, Jesus speaking. The words are in red in your Bible. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay. Listen closely to what it says. For you pay tithe of mint and, I don't know how you say it, anise, anise, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. When you read that, you think, Pharisees, you hypocrites, you're doing all this. Don't do that, but do this. Don't cumin and anise, all that stuff. Don't tithe on that. Do this. A weightier matters is justice and mercy and faith. To all the young people that you're being taught justice, and all the different things. Did you know that the Bible, God, is a just God? Did you know God has set it up for mercy? Did you know God's the one that can do things right? And a lot of times you're taught, you're taught that the Bible is, is you know, not a just book. The Bible is, you know, and what, what you hear on the news and everything. And I want to tell you the Bible is awesome. And when you're walking in God's principle, you will be the most just person, you will be the mo- the, have the most mercy, and you will have great faith in your life. Don't listen to man's justice, listen to God's justice. So listen closely to the last part of the verse. These you ought to have done. What are these? The mint, the anise, the cumin, the tithe. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Jesus speaks and says this, you guys have tithed on every little thing. You even tithe on the, th- on the things, the spices you put in your food. But you neglected justice, mercy, and faith. He's literally talking about you neglected the heart of the matter. You can do all things right and still be wrong. Doesn't make sense, but it is. It is great sense. You can do all things right, but you're doing it out of duty. You're doing it out of religious stuff, whatever you want to say. But I want to tell you, God is saying, I am a loving, gracious, merciful God. And when I am asking you to tithe and return that tithe, I am asking you to return something that's holy and understand it's holy. And because you understand it's holy, then your heart also will not neglect being a just person. You will not neglect being a person of mercy. You will be able to see things well because you walk in my principle of the tithe. Jesus didn't say, you don't need to do that tithe anymore because this is a New Testament. Jesus didn't say, you can stop that tithing thing, just do the justice thing. Now, Jesus said, you ought to do this, which is the tithing on every little thing, but don't neglect the other, which is justice and mercy and faith. 
<laughs> you know what that says to me? That says to me, you know what my future will be? Blessings. Joy. Peace. Because I have the heart of a giver, of a tither. Jesus stated, you ought to tithe. Because God says, I want to open the windows of heaven for your life. I want to bless you and your family. If there's sickness and disease that is coming against you, I want to rebuke that devourer. A lot of Christians say, in Jesus' name, I proclaim the healing power of God. Amen, amen. Keep doing that. Believe that. Build your faith, all that. But I want to tell you, when you are tested and you return the tithe and you protect it because it's holy and you return it, you can expect the devourer will be removed. What does that include? Poverty, sickness, disease curse, you will begin to walk in a lifestyle of great blessing. That's why your pastor wants to convince you to be a tither. That's why your pastor is just diving deep. And bottom line, we just scratch the surface because next week we're going to go deeper in this. And we're going to see how God sees you. How beautiful and handsome that you are in the eyes of God. How God sees your future. How he sees your future? By you walking in his character, which is called his ordinances and his principles. And when you do that, I promise you, you will be blessed. Let's all stand.